Hello and welcome to Imagine America Radio, a service of the Imagine America Foundation and Imagine America Publishing Company. My name is Bob Martin. I'm the president and CEO of Imagine America Foundation. In the last 20 years, Imagine America has provided scholarship support and tuition assistance to students attending career colleges all across this country. The purpose of this podcast is to promote technical and career education and to inform the public of career opportunities that are not just in high demand, but essential to the American workforce. We hope you will enjoy today's podcast. This episode of Imagine America Radio is sponsored by Ambassador Education Solutions, your school's go-to partner for simple, effective, and affordable course materials. Ambassador helps schools get print and digital resources into students' hands quickly and easily. As more schools turn to inclusive access during these uncertain times, Ambassador automates the process for students, enables easy opt-in for publisher direct content, and helps schools comply with U.S. Department of Education requirements. Coming this June, Ambassador is launching its Next Generation Course Materials platform. Go to ambassadored.com for more information. Thank you, Ambassador. The topic of today's episode of Manage America Radio will update our audience on the COVID-19 epidemic and the school reopening processes for Porter and Chester and YTI. Porter and Chester and YTI operate 12 colleges and schools in three different states, including Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Pennsylvania, with each college and school operating under the guidelines of that state's executive mandate. From the outsider's view, this could be a very complex process for a school group like Porter and Chester and YTI. Joining us today for this episode of Imagine America Radio and to help us sort out the issue is Mr. Jim Beloga. Jim serves as President and CEO of Porter and Chester and YTI. Porter and Chester and YTI have been leaders in implementing very innovative COVID-19 strategies at all of their campuses and then and now has begun the process of reopening all of these campuses. Jim, we want to welcome you to today's show. Yeah, Bob, thanks very much, Lee. Uh, thank you as well. Uh, excited to be here and um, look forward to uh, this discussion. Hey, hey, let's start. Let's start off today's program with just a very brief overview of what Porter and Chester and YTI have done to re- to do to respond to the COVID-19, and more importantly, the reaction to the three different state stay-at-home mandates that you are currently operating under. How? What have you done, and how have you reacted to those? Um, yeah, great question, Bob. Uh, thanks. Um, we, we, yeah, we've been um, obviously following, uh, you know, each of the three states we operate in um, very closely. I mean, really on a, on a day-by-day basis. And, um, you know, my team that uh, reports to me, uh, we've been having um, a Zoom uh, or go-to-meeting uh, uh, video calls. Uh, in the beginning, we were doing it twice a day in the morning and, and in the evening. Um, and now, and now, as as we've sort of moved through this, and we've we've gotten into the, I'll call it the the news or regulatory cycle of of the uh, COVID nineteen process, um, we we we've, we've been holding uh, Zoom or go to meeting calls uh, once a day, and um, you know, in each state uh, has you know has um, uh, their unique requirements in, in terms of you know the protocols and how they want uh, certain protocols administered. You know, I would say overall, 
you, you know, there's generally a broad set of infection control protocols that, that we're following. Each state is, is uh, choosing to um, uh, implement them slightly differently. Uh, so we are having to uh, pay attention to those nuances and, um, and, and, you know, and as, as we move, move through this process, I mean, we're continuing to get updates, you know, obviously every day. Um, and, you know, and, and, and what we did originally just to, uh, I think, provide some historical basis is when, when this, um, the COVID-19 um, pandemic started, it, it was really the, you know, the week of, um, for, for, for us at least, it was the week of March 9th. And then, um, and then, and then coming into the week of March 16th, I mean, we, we basically brought all the students on campus on that Monday. Uh, in all three states, and then and then transition to um, online uh, learning, uh, remote learning um, on Tuesday, March seventeenth, and then we, we continued that throughout the the balance of the term, um, and then um, to the extent that um, you know we could uh, manage um, uh, any any sort of uh, industry model lab environments or clinical environments, we continue to try to do that. Uh, but during that time, you know, many of them were starting to uh, shut down and, and, and we were, um, uh, uh, at least in terms of our on-campus um, industry model lab environments, we, we closed those on the 17th as well. Um, and, um, and, and prior to that, what we were trying to do uh, was we were trying to get the students into um, their experiential learning, um, uh, you know, back in sort of late February when this started to really emerge as um, something that was going to require, you know, uh, full campus closure. So, so we brought the students in, um, on, in, into the online environment uh, through our LMS um, and, and, and helped uh, get all the students to transition uh, to that environment. And, and again, we also had to get our, our faculty and staff up to speed as well because we, we moved, you know, the whole operation effectively online and, um, and closed our campuses. So, you know, um, and, and, and once we close our campuses, we actually um, have an external cleaning crew. They came in, they actually cleaned the campuses, and then the campuses sat, sat idle uh, uh, really for, for almost three months now. And, um, um, and, and as we're starting to reopen, um, you know, we're going through a, a cleaning process and, and following the, uh, each state's uh, recommended guidelines in terms of uh, cleaning. So it's been... Um, it's been it's been a long journey, and, and we're we, you know we've learned a lot, and and, and we're continue to learn a lot. Um, but it's um, you know we're you know um, we've we've been in communication with with students and, and and their families, and you know obviously all our other constituents, whether it's you know regulatory bodies, and you know trying to you know work through situations where you know students require clinical direct patient care through a clinical experience. You know, trying to get relief, you know, from the oversight bodies that that govern those areas, either using some form of simulation uh, or 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 some other, you know, virtual experience that would would mimic that that real life uh, experience. And you know, and I would say that you know some of the agencies have have been a little bit more receptive, and and others, you know, not so much so. And and again, so it's I think you know we've been just trying to maintain a a balanced perspective. Obviously, you know, some students are frustrated because, you know, they, they had sort of set in their mind that they were going to graduate on a certain day and COVID came and obviously altered their plans and, and, and they really want to get into the workforce. So, uh, so, so, so we're working through all those things. And, and again, just trying to, you know, we're trying to communicate 
you know, to, to the best of our ability with clarity. And, and, and as you, as you both know, I mean, you know, every day sort of brings a new adventure in terms of, um, you know, a new policy or a new procedure um, that we just need to make sure we, uh, we understand it and, and, and we're able to integrate it into what we're doing. Yeah, and Jim, uh, this is Lee. I'm talking to Jim Beloga, President and CEO of Porter and & Chester and YTI Career Institute. Um, you know, thank you for explaining what it is that you guys have done, and I commend you on how quickly you guys were able to adapt to the current environment and how much attention was given to the safety of your staff and your students. Um, so thanks for explaining, you know, all of, all of what you've done. So, but the purpose of today's episode is to talk about uh, or to inform our listeners of your reopening strategy. I'm going to assume that this is going to vary state by state, but can you explain sort of what the overall reopening strategy is? And this is something that's going to be broken into stages and which states are you going to start with? Um, so can you kind of just explain the reopening processes and how that'll work? Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we, uh, we, were, we were afforded the opportunity in, in the state of Connecticut to open on Monday, June 1st. And so we started, we were able to start bringing students back to uh, work in the lab, the lab environments. The clinical sites that we partner with um, are coming back online, uh, predominantly in the healthcare arena. Um, however, they are a little bit slower in terms of bringing uh, students and, and a faculty member back onto their, their location sites. And so we'll start with Connecticut, uh, having opened uh, about a week or so ago now. And, um, and, and basically what we did was um, we had our maintenance uh, teams come into our, our campuses and we uh, structured the flow of the building by um, setting six foot uh, markers on the floor and, and with arrows and directing traffic. Um, we've also um, put up a hand sanitizer uh, dispensers uh, throughout the uh, facility. Um, we, we've also put up all the requisite um, signage, if you will, with regards to good infection control protocols, whether it's washing your hands for 20 seconds, not touching your face, uh, wearing a face mask, social distancing. You know, um, if, if you do have a mask off for whatever reason and you cough, you cough into your, you know, the, your elbow of your sl sleeve. Um, so, so we've tried to um, you know, highlight those infection control protocols by making them visual for our students. And then as students were coming onto the campus, we had a, um, um, I'll call it an ambassador, uh, who basically explained the rules of the road, uh, if you will, in terms of how traffic uh, was to flow on the campus, depending on where your, your lab was at, and, and what the protocol uh, expectations were as you entered the building. Again, you know, in Connecticut, um, you know, there were certain things that we needed to ask the students, uh, which we asked them. And again, going through that process, uh, differs state by state. But um, but again, it's uh, greeting the students at the door, having them sign in, time, date, um, asking them some uh, questions that were required to ask, and and then and then you know, getting an affirmative acknowledgement to that. And, and then explaining to them how things are going to work and, and, and once they're on the campus. And, and you know, and, and so for the most part, I mean, I sat up in, in, in one or two of our campuses and, and I have to say that, um, you know, our, our teams were really well prepared and um, uh, they did, they did I, I think, a very good job 
in terms of bringing the students back onto the campuses. So, so that was Connecticut. And you know, we, we, we followed a sim, similar protocol. Um, we were, um, we are opening, uh, we did open up uh, our Massachusetts campuses and our Pennsylvania campuses yesterday. Again, opened it up to the students that you know, were, were, were able to come back to the campus and start their lab work. And so you know, we, did, we followed the same sort of protocol in, in, in terms of just integrating the students back onto the campus you know, following the traffic flow that we've designed, um, you know, following the six foot markers in terms of keeping the uh, distance and, and all the other requirements, you know, around, you know, masks and, um, and, and, and basically just telling students, look, you, you need to follow the rules. Um, this is how we're gonna keep all of us, um, all of us safe. And, and, so, and so Massachusetts and Pennsylvania opened yesterday. The reports I got back, uh, yesterday were that um, you know everything went went went, went well and um, we were able to get students back onto the campus and uh, and, and back into the uh, the industry model labs that we have on our campus for them to complete their uh, their hands-on training that's I, I find that really interesting and really cool so you know what sort of come out of this so what's the uh, the opinion of the students are they happy that you know you guys have taken these extra measures or what are you sort of seeing as a reaction to any of this yeah, no, I, I think that the students, I think the students are just happy to be back um, in, in the lab. You know, I mean, you know, many of our students, um, you know, have, have spent the last six weeks, you know, um, you know, online learning, um, you know, the material. Uh, now they're in the labs. And this is, you know, really what what resonates for them. You know, they're now able to, um, you know, practically apply the theory that they've been learning, you know, in a real world setting. So whether you're you know, bending conduit or installing a, you know, um, you know, some pipe for for a toilet or you know, uh, refrigeration, uh, or you're soldering, you know, a compressor, uh, an HVAC, or or taking, you know, you know, temperatures or doing dental work or you know, any any of the the the, the programs that we offer. I mean, the students are happy to be back on campus. I, I did. I did. Um, I was able to walk around to a couple of the labs and, and, and poke my head and ask how everybody was doing. And you know, I think a lot of the students, at least my impression, was that they were glad to be back uh, to trying to get back to normal and being on campus. Um, so I, I think there was a um, a bit of comfort, you know, being able to you know uh, be on campus, see the people. Um, you know that that they're familiar with on campus and you know and that, that was sort of my takeaway as I as I walked around you know to, to, to several programs and you know I think that um, you know I think I think for a lot of folks um, you know this three month sequester period we've been through I mean I think a lot of folks have a bit of cabin fever and I think they were um, you know I think they're very happy to be trying to return to some form of normal even though that new normal is going to be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're all sort of feeling that way at this point. And I'm sure they're also comforted by the fact that you, uh, it seems as though you've taken extra measures to make sure that they're safe. Um, and, and that kind of leads me into my next question, which is, you know, what procedures are your campuses setting in place to make sure that classrooms are effectively cleaned for a safe learning environment? Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically what we're doing is, is again, we're, we're scheduling, we're having to really read, uh, really rejigger if you will the the actual schedules so that you know we're able to maintain the appropriate you know student to faculty member ratios that we've outlined in you know in our um, uh, either in our internal documents or or what's been prescribed by the states 
and um, and so you know as a result of that we do have um, we do have our, our cleaning crews um, uh, our external cleaning crews coming on on the campuses to, to make sure that um, you know the the campus environment you know is, is remaining uh, clean um, you know and again I think one of the things that we've also advocated um, you know to, to our faculty staff and our students is that you know um, much like when you go to a gym um, and you use a machine you know you generally are encouraged to wipe it off before you get on it and then wipe it off after you get off it you know we're, we're, we're really encouraging you know that sort of self uh, self-awareness of, of just making sure that you know your your environments clean you know to the extent that you can you know help us in that process because again you know we've been advocating to the students and, and the faculty and our staff you know, we're all in this together so you know it's, it's up to us to, to you know to practice good hygiene and, and it's just not it's not something that we can just take for granted anymore we really need to you know be vigilant um, and diligent in, in doing it um, um, you know all the time right right okay I have one last question before I turn things back over to Bob. Let's say that I'm a student at Porter and Chester or YCI Career Institute, and I'm uncomfortable physically attending the class as of right now. Is there still an online option for students who may not feel completely comfortable coming into the campus physically? Well, you know, you know, when when we, I mean, our programs are designed to be about 50%, call it, you know, theory, which which is which can be done online. And then, and then the balance, uh, the, the other 50% is generally, you know, um, hands-on in our industry modeled labs. Um, what, we, what we have done and we continue to do, I mean, this is, you know, a part of, I think, the, the innovative thinking that we're trying to bring to the table here is that, um, you know, we are, um, we are trying to find simulation software um, uh, where we can mimic, you know, real world experience. I mean, it, you know, you can, you can watch it, you know, you can watch, you know, simulations and you, you can participate in them, but, you know, obviously, you know, to, to really perfect, you know, a skill, um, you know, or a competency, you really need to be able to do it and, and do it, you know, do it many times and do it often and, 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 and obviously have the, the, the coaching and the observation that goes in, um, you know, to um, getting good at, at your at your um, your skill or your craft or your or your competency. So so students so students who for whatever reason you know might might be compromised. We are what we are trying to do is we are trying to uh, figure out ways to accommodate them. Whether it's um, you know coming onto the campus when you know, when there's virtually nobody around, if you will. But by and large, most we've we've not gotten a lot of uh, students who said, hey, I don't want to go back if anything we've got students who are you know asking us when you know when can they get back onto the campus when you know to, to do their, their practical uh, experiential learning and or you know when can I get back onto a clinical site to complete my real you know my real world uh, uh, direct patient care um, you know hours and, and experience so again we're trying to be as accommodating as we can and um, you know obviously if, if someone does have a health compromise you know obviously um, you know, we're going to make, you know, accommodations for them to, you know, to try to get them through their, their educational experience with us. We're talking to Jim Beloga, President and CEO of Porter and Chester and YTI Institutes. We're talking about reopening strategies for, the, for his organizations. Um, we've covered a lot, Jim. I mean, a lot. Um, and, I, and I come up, I'm coming here with three or four different messages that I want to convey to our audience. The first message is, 
If you're a student or a potential student in Connecticut, the Porter and Chester uh, School opened up on June 1st. If you're a student, potential student in Massachusetts and Pennsylvania, the Porter and Chester uh, schools have opened up effective June 9th on both of those. On both of those, in that you've gone out of your way, or at least I don't have to say out of your way, but you have gone over and above to make sure that that the the facilities have been cleaned off, ready ready for these students, and the policies and the procedures are in place to help them effectively transition back into. Uh, their education. You've created your ambassador program as one very, very good example. Jim, before we close, is there anything else that you'd like to cover, or more importantly, would you like to give our audience uh, an idea of where they might want to go if they just want to get more information on either one of the organizations that you that you are you you run, Porter and Chester uh, and or YTI? Uh, yeah, sure. Thanks, Bob. Um, yeah, so if you're, if you're you know, a, a, a potential student or a prospective student, um, whether you're a, a 2020 high school graduate, uh, not sure about, you know, your future, you know, or, or, or you've decided to make, you know, take a different route or make a different decision, you know, uh, given that traditional higher ed is still grappling with, with, with the, um, the on-ground residential aspect of, of, of going to, you know, traditional higher ed. Um, I would encourage, um, you know, any prospective student to um, go to porterchester.edu. We do have classes uh, starting uh, Monday, July 20th um, in Connecticut and Massachusetts. And, um, you know, and again, you know, whether you're uh, a recent high school graduate, 2020 graduate, whether, you know, you lost your job and, you know, maybe you're working in the retail or the restaurant industry and uh, or, or, or any sort of hospitality or travel leisure. Um, those were the hardest hit. You know, if you're if you're looking to, you know, take a, a different career path, uh, you know, come check us out. I mean, I think, um, you know, um, one of the things that, um, you know, I, I, I shared with lots of folks or tried to share with lots of folks is that, you know, many of our graduates who have moved through our programs, you know, were deemed to be essential workers, you know, by many of the governors in, uh, in Connecticut and Massachusetts. So, you know, in talking to some of the, the students from time to time, you know, they, they were all employed during, during, you know, the sequester period. So, so that's, so that's Connecticut and Massachusetts. Um, you know, in terms of Pennsylvania, um, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, any prospective students, again, you know, high school 2020 grad, uh, you know, somebody who's in transition for whatever reason, whether it's unemployment, uh, career change, et cetera, you know, YTI, yti.edu is, is um, you know, is, is the website. You can, you know, you can schedule a virtual interview and tour. You can apply online. Um, you know, we, we're trying to make um, the admissions process uh, and, the, and the related enrollment aspects of it is as um, easy and as efficient for, for, for prospective students as possible. You know, and I would say that um, one of the things that we um, are, are uh, excited about is, is during this um, time, we actually, um, in our Altoona campus, we did get our respiratory care uh, therapy program approved to uh, move to a um, what I call a, a more uh, blended or hybrid program where whereby a prospective student could take uh, the lecture portion um, online and, and that's about 75 percent 70 to 75 percent of the the total hours are online and then and then what we would do is the student needs to spend about 25 percent 
of their remaining time with us in a, uh, in a clinical and, and setting uh, where they get their hands on um, education and training uh, further honed and, and refined. And, um, and, and, and what we've done is we've, we've expanded that program out because it is online um, and it allows us to um, uh, work in, in, in various communities whereby students can find, uh, with our help, find a uh, clinical site where they can do their practical experience. Um, so we, we have students, uh, you know, from New Jersey and Maryland and, and a few other states expressing interest in, uh, in taking that program. So, um, you know, one of the things that for us that's come out of this is that, you know, we are, we are looking at our programs, you know, moving to more of a hybrid, you know, a hybrid uh, sort of delivery model, um, largely because, you know, I, I, you know, we believe that, and I believe that, um, you know, we're going to sort of be in the social distancing uh, sort of uh, period uh, for, you know, for, for a while. And, um, and, you know, and again, so we're, we're continuing to sort of evaluate, you know, how we, how we deliver our education. Well, we really appreciate that, uh, that, that clarification, that update. Uh, today's guest has been on today's show of Imagine America Radio, Jim Beloga, President, CEO, Porter and Chester and YTI. We want to commend Jim's leadership during the recent COVID-19 crisis and his support for the Imagine America Foundation. We want to also thank today's audience for taking time out of their very busy schedules to listen to today's episode of Imagine America Radio. On behalf of my colleague, Lee Doubleday, and myself, we hope you'll be safe, and we look forward to talking to you all again very soon. Thank you, and goodbye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Imagine America Radio. We hope you found it informative. For more information about future episodes and the Imagine America Foundation, you can go to our website, imagine-america.org forward slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts and to get information on the many programs offered by the Imagine America Foundation and Imagine America Publishing. Please subscribe today so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. For now, thank you very much for joining us and best wishes.